Welcome. Thank you for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D show broadcasting live from our homes. This is the one and only host, Bob Waltenspiel, hanging out with producer Randy Walker. Guest this week is, how do I, how do I introduce you properly? Um, bartender, digital director, host of NickDrinks.com, eccentric, the one and only Nick Britsky. Uh, sincerely appreciate uh, you hanging out with us. You can find us online, IT in the D. Com. Do us a favor, give us a like on the socials and subscribe to us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. Just to let you all know, third Thursday, we will be at Nancy Whiskey. That is July 6, July 15th. Uh, that's 2021. Five o'clock to eight o'clock. No speakers, no sponsors, just IT people, business cards or no business cards, however you like. Good drinks. Tell them where to um and we'll be on the patio just like last time and it was a, it was a great event last time and look forward to another great event this time so randy how you doing i'm doing pretty well actually um no complaints looking forward to the long weekend coming up you know what i agree we were supposed to record yesterday the guest that we had uh the basement was flooded in flood mcginnon 2021 and their parents basement was flooded and nick was gracious enough to host but Nick, did you get uh, obviously? Are you in the basement right now? You're you're not dealing with a flood. Yeah, I'm in my Lego Fallout shelter, and um, you know we we're at the top of a hill, so we know if we get water, mm-hmm. it's really bad. And I was fully expecting water, and we got nothing. So I am I'm thanking the water gods for uh, whatever mercy we were shown. I'm thanking the builder of uh, our neighborhood. Uh, it's a it's on a when you come enter the neighborhood there you drive downhill, and our house is towards the bottom of that hill and then there's my neighbor's house so i'm my house my neighbor's house and then there's a street and then there's a retention pond so in essence no one's house should ever get water because we're literally like elevated and then they they, you know everything runs down the hill so there's like a river down the street when it rains and there's a huge pond and that's where all the water goes and uh thank you builders last time i was at your house i was picking up your leader hosen you were. That's right. <laughs> the fact that you fit in my later hosen and they weren't like just like parachute uh, shorts on you and like you know still boggles my mind. I don't know. Like, how did those stay up? And I'm like, well, there's suspenders built in, Bob. I'm like, well, oh, that's right. I mean, it was a lot of clamps and um, duct tape, but it, it totally fit. I mean, we're we're not that different of a size. That's uh, you've met me, right? <laughs> um. For the record now, I, I was uh, seriously worried about doing this. Um, I have to call myself out for being a complete and utter absolute idiot. Last week, I went on a rant about Google Maps and how I went to Nancy Whiskey and I went to Hamtramck and it was trying to deter me from going on 75. Hmm. And I thought, you know, conspiracy theorist Bob says they're trying to keep me off 75 because of the construction. Fast forward to this weekend. We are in Northville and we're at Gaucho's and we're trying the to come home. Place? The steak place. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. And, and we're trying to come home and it won't put me on 275 North. And I've been, and I'm wondering what it's trying to get me to go on Merriman. Then I get on the 275 North, spite it, and it's trying to get me off in every exit. I go, you know what? 
I got so angry and I looked at the settings and it said avoid highways. Oh, right. How did you know I never hit that? I never hit that button. And I've been going for probably four months of taking Woodward all the way down to Detroit. <laughs> I'm not even being funny, at least four months. Well, and this weekend, did either do either of you have AT&T? Yes. No. So I lost service yeah. over one of the days, whatever the big flood day was. And my wife and I were walking around and we're just like, we saw this um, estate sale, but we had no idea where it was. And we're like, how did people find things back in the day? We're like walking like normal people trying to find this estate sale. And it was like three miles until we finally landed upon it. And we're like, gee, if we only had a phone, we could search for this. It was like such a throwback to like my high school, college days of not having a phone. Yeah, it was uh, weird. What were we talking about? Printing off MapQuest uh, sheets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how we did our early meetings. We'd always like print up a map. And we'd be like lost somewhere in Canada because like Canada would have a totally, you know, you have to pay for whatever weird system they're on. And I remember having the map quest trying to get lost. I mean, you'd always be lost. You'd never know where you're at. And at least you could say like, I'm sorry, I got lost. See, now I traveled internationally at the job I had in 05. Was it 04, 05, 06? And I don't know how I did it because I'd have to like go to Silicon Valley. I had to go to Denver. I had to go to Jersey. I had to go to Japan. I had to go to Mexico City. I had to go to Germany. I had to go. I'm supposed to go to Brazil. But like, how did I get around L.A.? Like, I don't. I honestly, I have no idea. There was navs didn't exist. Yeah. I printed off maps to like airport to office to hotel. But I don't, you know. Honest to God, I was, I am, you know, I, w I remember going to Hanover, Germany. Uh, I think Navs just started in the cars. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, what did, did I printed off MapQuest for like everywhere? First like, time I went to New York, I had a Blackberry. And if you remember trying to like use like old school internet on the Blackberry was just super peculiar. I mean, like even like the old phones, like, you know, getting on the internet was like a luxury. You're like, oh, yeah, what is yeah. this? What is it? WAP? Wireless yeah. Yeah. Protocol, like, mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you, uh, movies-wise, we always like talking about movies and stuff we're watching. Uh, watched a phenomenal movie uh, Sunday night. Um, I'm probably late to the game with this, but uh, Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Have you seen this? Mm -mm. Randy, have you caught it? Never heard of it. It's like the John um, Wick, right? It's it's very much a John Wicky kind of movie. Um, highly recommend it. We're so movie-starved since COVID. Nothing good has come out. Um, except for like stuff that's subtitled on Netflix, right? Um, they knocked this one out of the park. It's phenomenal. You don't expect him to be this like badass dude. Um, but wow, did they, you know, whoever wrote it, I don't, some, I forget who wrote it, but like, uh, they absolutely knocked this one out of the park. It was, I was well surprised. I couldn't, you know, it's one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, you watch this thing all day. Um, this, this is one of those that are like, all right. You know, it goes down as one of the better movies I've ever seen. So, well, think of like like Brian Cranston and like you know the beginning of Breaking Bad, how he was. You know, all we knew him for was Malcolm in the Middle, and then you know he he was kind of badass in the beginning, but just got even more badass. Then you got Better Call Saul, which I feel like had some badass but kind of goofy characteristics of it. I could yeah. see the leap to the John Wick movie. See, Cranston went. He was in. He was a silly dude. 
went to like a cerebral, mm-hmm. but like you knew where he was coming from. Like, I got to save my family and I'll do anything. Right. And it's kind of like with, with, with nobody, it was kind of like he was the, he was John Wick then decided to be Malcolm in the middle, John Cranston. And then he got brought back to being John Wick. Okay. So he like took kind of a hiatus and then like a couple of like you just he just got bored yeah. and said, you know, F it, I'm going to take down the Russian mafia. And <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, I watched Killer Man with Liam Hemsworth and that was god awful. So, what was that? <laughs> uh, they're money launderers who decided to get involved with a drug deal. But then it turns out the people that they're dealing drugs with is actually dirty cops trying to frame them for to capture the drugs that were actually uh, evidence from a previous crime and just get the money. Uh, But then it turns out that Liam Hemsworth is actually a cop himself, but he got amnesia from one of the incidents he was involved in early on in the movie and didn't remember he was a cop ever again in the rest of the movie. Hmm. And you got your random dramatic scenes. Like he finds out he has a girlfriend that he didn't remember because of the amnesia. And then in that same scene, she's pregnant. And then in the next scene, she gets shot in the stomach. So, you know, lots of gore, bad story. You can, it's pretty much phoned in. Like you can tell early on that what's, what the twists are. It's just not worth your time. He's not making enough money from Thor. Come on, Liam. Other, other Hemsworth. Oh, Young, his little young, brother. Youngest, yeah, the youngest. Oh, yeah. He's got to work more. He's, yeah. yeah. He's, he must be out of Hunger Games money or something. The, was he in Hunger Games? <laughs> yeah. The royalties. The royalties from the uh, the Wolverines movie have dried out. What was that one? Uh, why can't I think of the damn movie? Wolverines it's from the. I don't know. My short term memory's shot. I swear to God, this this COVID. Um, not Point Break. What's the remake? Um, I'm gonna get eaten alive for it. Didn't they remake Point Break? No. Anyway, we're moving on. Um, well, on on Wolverine, did I see that Marvel has a Wolverine movie lined up? Do they? I Marvel I, has. Well, I know they Marvel have a ton has of everything lined up to like 2040. I yeah. swear, I saw a Wolverine title like recently. I didn't think they had announced any X Men movies yet as part of the MCU. Okay, because I'm not sure if they've announced any X Men at all. I know they're trying to go after Hugh Jackman. I think. Uh, I think he's done as Wolverine or should be done as Wolverine. He was okay. He's done. They're, they're going to do like, they're going to end up going the uh, Spider-Man route and he's going to be like 14 year old Wolverine. So I was, I was thinking about that. If they do go into the multiverse and they're already talking about, you know, having the various Spider-Mans in there, will they bring back um, American history X? Ooh, I don't, I don't know. How, how would you, why would you bring that back? Well, cause he was the first Hulk. Could he be? A, Norton, a, maybe. Uh, thank you. I so I'm looking it up right now. It says Daniel Radcliffe suits up as Wolverine in jaw-dropping image. Fans can't wait to see Logan Sharp and his cause in the MCU, and Daniel Radcliffe looks nothing short of awesome. This image is Wolverine. So I don't yeah. see that. Now I want the guy from um, the Canadian comedy. Uh, Letterkenny. Yes. The main, the main character from that. Wayne. Yeah, the like the the kind of kind of the macho, goofy guy. Yeah, yeah. No, he actually would. He wouldn't be bad. So, so I had to fight Magneto the other day. You know, like what? I, 
<laughs> Only if you do a merge. Like if it's <laughs> otherwise I don't want to see it. Well, speaking of uh, multiverses, have you been watching Loki? Yes. So I am I'm caught up on a majority of the, the Marvel stuff. Um, Hold on a minute. Yeah. So, what's a bad guy in X-Men? So I killed Beast. And everyone says, allegedly. Like, that's going to be the new Wolverine with Wayne is. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just trying to. We could do jokes on that forever. No, that'd be awful. <laughs> so all I'm going to think is Shorzy. And everybody that says something bad to Wolverine is like, your mom. You know, he's going to make a, your mom clap back. Now you've ruined it. You know. <laughs> Tell your mom I need to go to KFC and charge up my bank card. You know. <laughs> Yes, I have been watching Loki. Okay. Opinions? What do you think so far? Oh, I'm totally digging it. I mean, if you think about, you know, 10 plus years of decent story writing, you know, there's been some highs, there's been some lows. They now have this chance to kind of reboot whatever they want and bring in literally anything. I mean, this is like, you know, when you saw Mrs. Loki go through Randy, what was her real name? Uh, Sophie. Sophie. Okay. But she was Randy too, right? Yeah. Okay, Um, going through and kind of doing that reboot, it's just like you're thinking of all the different ways they could take this, all the different things they could bring in. I'm I'm digging it. From a storytelling standpoint, it's a nice reboot. So what's your take on where does the quantum realm sit in in the time travel, in the TVA? Because I watched a really interesting YouTube video on you know, every time that they spin up time travel, it's got that yellow hue, that amber tint, and they kind of jump, you know, and then, you know, talking about like, you know, Ant-Man saying, you know, you, for you, it was six years. For me, it was six hours. So it's kind of it coincides with uh, Dick Nose's perception on how the time travel goes in the TVA. Um, my friend wants to get the T for so Owen Wilson got announced for Motor City Comic Con this year. And my friend wants to get the what are you looking at dick nose and do the photo op with him, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I think would be effing brilliant. Um, but the quantum realm has to come into place somewhere in Loki. Uh, what say? What do you say? I, I so I know X Men really really good. Like that was the the comic book I dove into, cartoon all that. I know the backstory pretty well. All the other comics I don't know as well, and I just didn't put the time in. I've um, I've really been enjoying Screen Crush that does some great analysis of the episodes. I watch it for every show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because it like fills in all my holes. I mean, yep. I watched it for Bad Batch. I watched That's what it for she Loki, said. Yeah, <laughs> all those, and it really was helpful to kind of fill in like, oh yeah, totally missed that. So when they bring up Kang, I'm just like, all right, Quantum Realm Kang, sure, that makes sense. Do I understand how it all pieces together? No, but at least I feel like I'm more in the know than the they average announced- they announced Kang as the bad guy or one of the characters in the new Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania movie. Right, right. Um, but that's and not is it, doesn't, But doesn't he have a lot of time travel? Yeah, oh yeah, time travel is totally his thing. Okay. There's but so see, now, I'm going to I'm gonna say it again, and I'll say it for every single episode till the end of my life, that uh, Quantum, uh, or that MCU time travel is trash. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like it. Uh, Captain America would have never been, he wouldn't existed. Like if he went back to be an old man, like no one would ever have known Captain America existed. Like how did they know he existed if he if he jumped back in time and then decided to be an old man? It, it drives me nuts. Like it absolutely drives. I know the, I understand variants and all that garbage, but it drives me absolutely bonkers. It's you know, 
Bill and Ted shouldn't see their own people. It should be only back to the future time travel, period, mm-hmm. or eat shit. That's that's how I feel with all movies. But it's not allowed magic. Yeah, they're not allowed to make up their own how how time travel works. It's back to the future rules only. I know I'm an idiot. I mean, they talked about that specifically in Endgame. I know. I don't care though. It still pisses me off. All right, so let's loop it back to like like the real comic timeline, if there is even one anymore. Yeah. Does that play in at all? Like, are they? I know like MCU is taking some liberties. Well, no, they've been talking about how this happens with the timekeepers. I think since like the '60s, there was a comics talk. So, I mean, they've been they've created stupid time travel like since Marvel, you know, started. So, I mean, this is all. There's nothing new for any of this. It's just, um, you know, it's just hot garbage. The, the whoever wrote it, they should have wrote wrote them out. They should have said, nope, this is different. And changed it. They change things all the time, you know. And do you think that's why he's out? Is because he did he wa- didn't want to play anymore? Who? uh chris evans oh no no that's totally not why um i think those guys those are they're all tired you know what i mean they're um they're all getting a little long in the tooth i mean it's been a long time since not another teen movie right right um you know (laughs) how how long can you be how long can you be kept you gotta tie him up sooner or later how old is chris evans right now is he he's about my age i think so about 38 robert downey jr is older though right Morton Downey Jr. is old. He's older than me. Okay. Uh, Chris Evans just turned 39. Oh. This right. month. So 40 in no, he's June, yeah. And then Robert Downey Jr. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. was old when I was a kid. He's 56. Okay. So, I mean, old. He's eight years older than me. But, I mean, you know, I guess he plays the part fine if you're an eccentric billionaire, but you can't. But you can't beat ass when you're in their 60s. It just, you know, goes against. But who do you replace them? I've seen the whole replace them with, and, eh, you know, it's going to be weird. It's kind of like, how many Hulks did they have now they're at Mark Ruffalo? Is this their third or fourth? Like the the very first one? Well, Eric. uh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana. And then there was. uh, No, that one's not technically Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton is a sequel to the Hulk. So trash, by the way, yeah. for them to do that, it's trash. Both of those movies were trash. Uh, I got some some blood serum in my soda in Brazil, and now I'm the whole. But they're finally making some more overt references to the Incredible Hulk. Did you see the trailer yes. for Shang Chi yes. and the Legend of the Ten Rings? With they brought the back Abomination. Yep. Oh, I did see. I, th- I saw a preview for it. I never clicked it on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. Watch, watch that. Ooh, ooh, I feel ooh. like a lot of pressure is going to be put on Black Widow right now because they've they've pushed it back, and it sounds like they've had to do some tweaks with writing of um, WandaVision and um, Captain uh, Captain Mer- Captain America Falcon, the, the middle one. And yeah. I think they they keep pushing it back because that's going to set something off. And I mean, it's been delayed. What a year. Yeah, uh, it's done. That, I think, yeah, yeah, it's because I think they came to the realization that her only superpower is kicking, and they don't know <laughs> what to do. Does she have no superpowers? No, she has, Black she, Widow is just a trained she, assassin. Yeah. So one of the one of the worst embarrassing moments of my life was that's a Family Guy joke, right? And it's like, what's your superpower? Kicking. And so there's a at Penguin Con, you know how everyone's you know 
the don't talk to me crowd. You know, you don't know who you can approach. So there's a woman full cosplay. She has like 37 badges that says yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so you have to read all of them. So there's a girl there that like spitting image of Black Widow in full cosplay. So of course I walk up to her and I'm like, so what's your superpower? Kicking. And like she bolted and I've never, I never saw her after that. Like I'm talking, I've never seen somebody run away from me that fast. And of course it, you're not supposed to laugh because I'm an idiot for even doing that to begin with. Um, you know, that's after 17 drinks or whatever we were, you know, cause it's all we did all day. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was my high, high moment as a man. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am looking forward. I am looking forward to, uh, Going back to cons, that's a kind of a big deal. I know Astronomicon, I can go to because I got to go to a wedding in Chicago, um, but Motor City and there's a few other ones like just to get back into yeah. just hanging out and buying to- stupid toys I don't need that my mom told me I couldn't afford when I was a kid. Just a spider. I mean, that's the, isn't that the glory of uh, going to cons these days? Exactly. There's the GI Joe aircraft carrier. It's like eight hundred dollars, and I always say like I'm gonna buy it. Just to show my mom that I can, like that's- well, so I got the um the the base the like the OG GM oh yeah base for my fortieth, and it's in box. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And I for a hot second I was just like I might start collecting GI Joes again because I had a ton as a kid and I sold them all off. And I'm like, what does it take? So I start going on. And I'm like, let's see what Duke costs. And I'm like, oh, all right, we're done with that. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, Duke, you had to mail the proof of purchases for. Was he like one you, of those? Yeah. Because okay. I had Duke. You couldn't just buy Duke. Uh, William, the refrigerator, Perry, and Duke, you had to send like five proof of purchases. So that's why you can't have them on card because you had to cut them all out. The Emperor, ah. the Emperor for Star Wars was like that, too, because I have the Emperor. Um, yeah, there's a few. There's a few. Um, my G.I. Joe base when I was a kid was a meat box because my father was a butcher. And brought me back an empty cardboard box, and I turned it upside down, and I put AstroTurf in it, and I made it a base, and it was glorious. It's perfect. Yeah, no, it was. It was everything I needed, and he saved like two hundred dollars not buying me the stupid plastic base, and I liked it just as much. And you know, invention. Um, what's your take on Star Wars replacing uh, John Favreau as the head of all of it? I had not heard that. That's uh, that's news to Nick. Yeah, that's uh, so it just came down the pike. They were talking about making Filoni the head. Um, they actually made uh, apparently they made Favreau the head. Um, news came out. There were uh, they say allegedly. So another letter, Kenny, um, uh, reference, but they said reportedly replacing Kathleen Kennedy with John Favreau. And and to think that Gutter saved Star Wars is just mind boggling to me. Well, he saved a lot of things. He saved like, Marvel. Uh, like, Pixar. How did he say? I know how he saved Marvel. How did he save Pixar? Was did wasn't did he play a big role in Toy Story? I don't know. I might be totally wrong on that, but there was like someone someone has talked about like him rebooting a number of different things. And so I like Marvel Marvel was ready to shit the bed, and when he did Iron Man, like literally brought that company like out of the doldrums, like literally saved the whole company. Oh, I should know this better. I, this is like something I saw on. Imger. Imager. See, so, you know, I originally was introduced to Favreau as uh, the for Swingers was Mikey, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I still want to go to L.A. just so I can go to 
the uh, the Dresden, which was his favorite bar. Yeah, I'm not going to find it. This is uh, let's see here. He was in Rudy. I didn't know he was in Rudy. Yeah, it was his best friend. He was sitting next to Ned Beatty in his stands, clapping like a goof. Fantastic. <laughs> we were just watching Elf, the Elf. That's one. Elf was one. Elf doing what? Um, narrator, voice wall. Never mind, Mister Nairwall. Oh, but he but he had like a writing credit or some other credit. He um, was in the he was in the replacements that was on the TV this weekend at like three in the morning when I was up. Yep. Um, sacking Shane Falco, which is Keanu Reeves. Oh, he's in Batman Forever. What was he in Batman Forever? Assistant. Oh, <laughs> some background character. All right, yeah. Pick don't don't worry about me and Pixar. That was that was totally wrong. But yeah, <laughs> Elf, um, Iron Man, and Mandalorian. Those are probably the three that people talk about. Yeah, yeah. Iron Man by far. That like literally, you know, I don't remember how much they were. Marvel was in debt, or that I know the company was screwed. And then that movie comes out with a complete trash character like Iron Man and completely reboots the entire company. It's just well, and Blade too. Blade also had a, a big role in like keeping Marvel solvent as well. So I watched a what's the YouTube channel and it's like uh best highest ranked TV show from 1978 till today and they have like the top 10 and it always flips as months go on. Cool. And it was superhero movies, highest grossing superhero movies. And at one point before Spider-Man it, all of them were like Superman or Batman movies until Spider-Man came in and then Blade kind of popped up and then X-Men popped up and then um, Avengers just completely destroyed it. I think right. uh, Endgame or one of them did like 2.5 billion or something ridiculous. Um, but like Spider-Man 78 held the top spot for I think until one of the the first Avengers movie. Spider-Man 78? What the hell is that? No, no, Superman 78. Did I say Spider-Man? Oh. Sorry. Superman Superman 78 as far as like grossing films. Yeah, um, okay. But it held you know all the bat but like all the Batmans were just right up there. It was it was uh God, what's if I remember the name of the YouTube channel, I'll post it. Um but it's super cool. There's like 10 different videos I watched of just like they were showing like TV shows and you're like going, "Oh my god, what chant what, you know, what what was that? You know, like you're like Seinfeld was number one for this song and then friends. And then all of a sudden ER pops up and then, you know, pushes everything down. And, you know, it just, it was, it was super cool to watch. So I'm looking at the highest grossing superhero films right now. Uh, top 10 current standings. Yeah. Eight of the 10 are MCU films. Yeah. Wow. The two that are not are number six, Incredibles two with 1.2 billion. And Incredibles two shouldn't even count. It's a superhero film. It is not. How is it not? It's not not like trash. It's trash. And, uh, number nine is Aquaman with 1.15 billion, mm. which was horrible. I think yeah. Superman 78 is like right at like 1 billion after on all that. Um, like it was, it just hit a billion like 10, like 20 years after its release. All right. Um, Speaking of Batman, I, I heard that Michael Keaton's coming back for a role. I also heard they're trying to push him into a Batman Beyond type situation, but I don't know if that's true yet. So he's supposed to be so he's supposed to be in the Flash when the Flash does time travel and okay. he bumps into Batman, which is again, it's trash because you can't be the bad guy in Spider-Man and then also be Batman. Like the casting in some of these movies pissed me off to no end. Um he was Falcon. 
Uh, not Falcon, Vulture. Avengers Falcon, Vulture thing, whatever the hell his stupid name was. Yeah, but um, everyone's Human Torch. I mean, everyone took a turn at that. For crying for the love of... And Ryan Reynolds was everyone. Like, <laughs> I just make Ryan Reynolds be Captain America now. Like, you know. Um. Oh, by the way, I got good news. Um, at least for me, I don't. I know you guys won't care, but I ended up snagging an Xbox Series X, which I've been trying to buy since last Christmas. Wow! Um, and it's amazing how I did it. It's really it's it's insanely stupid. Um, I don't know how I found it, but there's a Twitter handle um, at Matt Swider S W I D E R, and he posts when places have it in stock. So I followed him, set up notifications. I get a notification on my Twitters that, um, and it's at Best Buy. And I go to Best Buy, sure as shit, there's one in stock. They make you play this stupid game like a Ticketmaster where you're like waiting in a queue. One release, I freaking bought it. I go pick it up tomorrow at the uh, Auburn Hills uh, Best Buy. I know. See, I'm about uh, 10 years behind on systems. So I, I just got a Switch. And I like it. I'm a, I feel like I'm a little more into kind of the games of my middle school, high school years. So like Super Nintendo and 64, that's still my jam. I love collecting for those and I love collecting physical copies. The last console I owned was a GameCube and I think I had Wind Waker, uh, The yeah. Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. And I yep. had the Star Fox game, which I think was just a remaster of like the N64 version. I don't think it was a GameCube. We play, we play so much Call of Duty now, like mm-hmm. since COVID. Um me and two of the, my buddies that I grew up with, we play so much uh, Warzone Modern Warfare that, like, you know, I almost, like, I'm hooked. And now that the new Battlefield 2042 is coming out, the trailers look, it, it looks like the, the greatest game in the history of humanity. Like, I played Call of Duty once. I don't think I've ever played Halo. But I had a friend, a friend's kid challenged me to Call of Duty. Kicked my butt just all over oh, the place. Oh, sure. And I'm like, we're playing Goldeneye. So I bring Goldeneye, kick his butt. Felt a little better, but he still beat me pretty hard on Call of Duty. I'll never forget when my uh, my cousins were like, they're uh, 20 years behind me. So I'm in my 30s. They're like 13, 14. And there was like when the PS, was it PS3 or PS2 was out? And they had Tony Hawk. And I was awesome at Tony Hawk. Yeah. And like completely killed them. Flipped them, gave them the middle finger, told them they suck. Which is what you have to do for little kids when, when you beat them. And uh, tell them that you can buy their house and kick them out. Like you know, it's just it's what you do as a grown man when you when you beat little kids at Call of Duty and Tony Hawk is you have to mock them incessantly. And um, so, Randy, what's going on with uh, with Windows? I saw this Windows 11 coming out, and they're trying to charge money now. Yeah, Microsoft has uh, announced uh, just last week or early this week the avail. Uh, yeah, it was last week because this is the beginning of the week. Uh, the avail or the officially releasing windows 11 this fall so it's got some new features it's got to i didn't realize they were going to charge for it i thought it was a free upgrade but it's uh people are not happy because it's got some pretty hefty system requirements uh it's not really clear either microsoft hasn't really done a good job of clarifying what you'll actually need you need a tpm chip and they're looking at are currently saying anything that is an intel uh, eighth generation core processor or newer or an AMD Zen processor two or newer. So uh, seventh generation Intel chips are out. Currently they're investigating to see if they c- it can deliver what they want out of it. Um, but uh, other than that, they've got uh, a new st- 
new design. They've got some rounded corners, some visual updates, new icon styling. So it looks like um, Apple is what you're saying. Looking at it the pictures, kind of, it's kind of like a blend between the Chrome OS look and Mac OS. Um, it's got a new start menu, centered taskbar. Uh, it's got a cool feature where you can like arrange a bunch of different windows on screen and then uh, save those arrangements to the taskbar, so you can quickly click one button and open all like, four windows position how you want them to. So Teams for consumers too. That's actually kind of huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, replacing Skype integration with Teams integration. They've been threatening they're going to turn off Skype for years, though. Yeah, it's, uh, it's finally happening this year, corporate-wise. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It's phasing so, out. Tell me, what was, and again, not being totally in the scene, there was there was some, like, ballyhoo about Windows 10 was supposed to be the last OS you'd ever need, and now 11 comes out. What am yeah, I they, missing there? They just considered Windows 10 a platform, and that it was just going to get updates from then on as Windows 10, but... Uh, they wanted money. They changed their mind five years later and, yeah, releasing a new version. Yeah, they're going to support Android apps. Yeah, it's it's they need money. So we got to pay for the divorce. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they completely redesigned the store. Uh, so it's going to have the Amazon f- store for apps. Uh, it won't have the Google store, but you can uh, install Android apps from the Amazon store. Uh, other companies can integrate their stores with the Windows Store, so you could theoretically have Steam integrated into the Windows Store. Uh, there will be a lot of gaming enhancements, a um, whole lot of features that they have announced for Windows 11. I, uh, I barely use the Windows Store for anything. I'm also not a yeah. big Xbox guy, so and I don't yeah. have an Android, so I'm way more prevalent with um, iPhone, yep. Steam, even Epic. I've probably bought more on than the than Windows Store. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, Age of Empires. That is the biggest. The fishbowl glass is the most obnoxious. Yeah, with your. Um, speaking of which, we did not do a shot. Um, take a time out real quick. We got to do a razor glass. I'm going to pour out some Baron Jaeger, which was our favorite. Is to the one and only uh, David ah, Geek Phillips. Absolutely. Uh, cheers, my friend. Cheers, brother. Yes. Uh, happy di- diet, Doctor Pepper, to you. But uh, cheers. Uh, some delicious Baron Jaeger. Um, I'm going to segue into Nick real quick. I had a shot earlier today, which was, it's going to go up in my top five shots out of the bottle. So uh, you've drank with me a few times, but I enjoy shots straight out of the bottle, not chilled as is untouched. And it's from a company called Chiro and it's aloe liqueur. Oh yes. I have a bottle upstairs. You have a bottle upstairs. Yeah. I small batch. It's unopened. Yeah. That was one of the more delicious shots hmm. I've ever had okay. straight out of the bottle, um, probably in my life. Like that was, it was absolutely phenomenal. I've, I've never tasted it on its own. I know that um, there was a time that bartenders enjoyed mixing with it, uh, like kind of as a very mixological kind of uh, blender. Uh, if you think of, you know, bartenders kind of went over a couple different courses of, Spirits that they really liked. You know, they yep. loved elderflower liqueur. Um, they liked, um, I feel like Mezcal kind of goes up and down, and that has a pretty good spot right now. In the toilet. Um, I love Mezcal. Oh, Mezcal's one of my it's favorites. It's my ass. Um, but, like, uh, elderflower liqueur really fell out of fashion. Um, Luxardo cherry kind of fell out of fashion. I, I saw aloe kind of come up, but it never reached the status of those I two. can't imagine what you would mix that with. Like it's really it sits. There's a 
I introduced Randy to some German stuff I bought in Chicago, like caraway seed schnapps. It was so good. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it very much tastes like that to me. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't taste the aloe because I'm expecting like soap. What? Like, and I tasted it and I go, oh, it tastes like caraway seed schnapps, like to me at least. Um, but yeah, I, I would... I'm all for creative stuff. Um, Randy, have you had the, um, I had that, that pear liqueur or pear liquor um, that was from uh, like Paraway. I'm trying to remember what it was called, but it was really, really, really good. And it was like such a nice take on gin because I like gin, but I get a little burned out with gin. People are starting to get more experimental. They're starting to move away a little bit from, you know, kind of that pine tree. Um, you still have to have it to be called gin, but I, I'm liking that people are starting to experiment more with kind of some of those herbal liqueurs because you can go anywhere, liquors. Yeah. Um, we don't speaking get it of, as much here. Speaking of gin-related drinks, I got uh, Bob a bottle of Norden Akovit a few weeks ago. and uh, Bravo. He was initially liked it. But he was drunk when he tried it first, and now he's not so much a fan of it. It's about right up to yeah, and I'm like, I, and I've hit the bottle hard, and I'm not even half. It's uh, I don't hate it. It's just not great. It's, All right, let me give you some recommendations. I would okay. say, ice, ice cold. It's a delicious shot. Um, also, it makes a really good lime ricky. So, like, if you do kind of some sweetened lime with that, that okay. is delightful. And you can also treat it like gin. So if you want to try like a martini with it or anything, you could swap out a gin. Uh, I think you could really get a good cocktail. Yeah, I love I'm a, very, I'm a very simple drinker, though. I'm perhaps in, in a can shot yeah. out of the bottle. Like I'm a very simpleton when it comes to drinking. Throw it in the freezer. Grab yourself yeah. like a like a, a nice, heavy, meaty sausage to kind of eat with it. I'm sure there are tons of them at your house. Land Jaegers, yeah. And that that would be a perfect combo. Also, if you get sick of that, they make the strawberry summer variation. And they also make an aged version. So there's two other, you know, flavors you could try. So let's jump into Nick drinks real quick. This has been your, uh, your baby, your brainchild, your brand, your, for some time now you get, you get your, uh, you get on channel seven once in a while to teach us on how to make cocktails during holidays. Um, I guess, when did you start being a, were you working at a bar? When did, how did you like get to this point? It was really, I saw kind of the, the opening of Sugar House and um, the Oakland. They kind of launched right about the same time. Right. And what is fascinating is Sugar House is the name of the speakeasy that the Purple Gang had. Sure. And when Sandy first applied for the Oakland's um, liquor license, it's actually called Sugar House Oakland. But oh. Dave over at Sugar House beat him by, you know, a couple days, got the name Sugar House first, and then the Oakland, uh, you know, was called the Oakland. Um, so I have every purple gang book like ever been made. I've been like, uh, so I'm, big... I'm preaching to the choir. Um, but another cool, uh, sugar house story is, um, before Dave opened sugar house, he was actually on a discovery channel show, um, for motorcycles. And I, I forget the name of it, but he's like well-known in the motorcycle community. When he first opened sugar house, he didn't want it to be like a public facing bar. He wanted it to be like a hardcore speakeasy vibe. And he was going to open a spark plug store and it was going to be the best spark plug store in the whole world. But <laughs> if you asked for like the one model, you know, like the T7334, he'd open like a little door and you'd go into the bar behind there. And that was his original plan for Sugar House. I don't think the Sugar House would be here right now if no, that was the I thing. agree. Because we've moved away from that. 
you know, I think all that speakeasy vibe, short of um, relief and resource, is the only one that really. I mean, and bad, uh, bad luck to some extent too. Bad luck. Yeah, they've moved well, away from that like super secret vibe. I feel the like. one that pisses me off the most is the Hemingway in Rochester Hills, and it's right behind Tuelu. Okay. There's all there is is an H on the door, but when you go in, there's two windows facing. I want to say it's Fourth Street, and there's a TV in there. Oh, man. and they make nice cocktails, and I appreciate it. But it's like, no, this isn't a. You can't call this a speakeasy. Like I can see the cars driving. Like it's supposed that not the point. You know what I mean? Like, is that the clientele though? Because I mean, you're also saying maybe they they didn't feel like they could do that where they're located. Whereas like Detroit maybe just pulls in more people. They can do something a little more creative. Um, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I think I don't think people give it. You know, they just want a good drink. I think these days the yeah. gimmick is cute. I think when you're on vacation or when you're in like a touristy area. Vegas, yeah. Yeah. I don't even think Vegas can pull that off. I don't, I think people, you know, not saying they don't care, but like you got to make it like super exclusive if you want that to happen. Like, uh, isn't there a bar around that you need a password and you got to go on the website to get the password or are we in Orlando or something? I forget. Um, but like that stuff exists, like where yeah. the daily password floats on, on their website. And, uh, the John was it Johnny B's and Royal Oak tried that yeah, for but a that, few I think, weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as I know, you just go on there, you ring the doorbell on their website, and then you like text them, and they uh, let you in. Okay, so uh, Sugar House and and uh, the Oakland were opening around the same time, so that was kind of your inspiration. You were interested in like the yep. bar scene or the speakeasy scene specifically, or the, yeah, the the craft cocktail scene. I mean, okay. I, I always did a lot of cocktails as uh, when I was in college, and I got excited about it. I bought weird liqueurs for our bar, and we always had fun parties. Um, but then kind of watching the growth of this whole industry was it was great. And I actually did do um, a short stint at Go Comedy. So I did work at Go Comedy for about a month and a half. Uh, I had a great time there. In so fact, there may I, or may not, sorry to interrupt, there may or may not be a video on YouTube of me doing a uh, storytelling there. Oh. On a very interesting, uh, famous story that I've told a few times o- over a beer. Um, but it was at Go Comedy, and uh, they didn't tell me they were posting it, and they didn't tell me they were tagging my first and last name, which is not uncommon or not common, sorry. And uh, so that's yeah, yeah, that was my uh, that was my experience with Go Comedy. So yeah, well, I'll have to go track that down. Um, I'll send it to you after this. I, I actually uh, I bought them a set of punch bowls, well, punch bowl glasses, as well as I think the bottle of chartreuse that I bought them is still there. I, I have to go back and check. But I enjoyed that. They allowed me a lot of free reign. Um, I did a stage program at the Oakland. So I got to learn under Chaz, who was uh, incredible. I learned how to cut ice. I learned how to make uh, oleosaccharum. Uh, just a lot of great skills. What is that? So actually, if you um, you take the peels off lemon and you, um, you mash it with uh, sugar, you let that sit overnight, all the oils get pulled out of the lemon peels. And it makes this like oily, sugary, delicious goo. Um, you mix in the lemon juice with that, and it is like the best sour mix you can imagine. Mmm, goo. Oh, it's great, but it's gooey. It's like it's pretty gooey. But it's for you replace this. Like you got to make a ton of that though to replace sour mix. Do you not? Well, I normally do like four or five limes or okay. four or five lemons. So that right there, if you think the juice comes out of that, you're looking at maybe two cups. Okay, give or take. What 
two drinks, maybe at best. Uh, that's a lot. Should be more ounce, than that. Half yeah. ounce, an ounce of juice per cocktail. You can that's get that fair. pretty far. I'm sure some bartenders correcting right now and like shouting at the screen for my right. But I basically kind of made a blog. And I went through and kind of talked about Detroit. Uh, I talked about some of the travel, took a lot of photos of drinks. Recently, I've started making some videos. Uh, very recently, I haven't made as much content because I've just been crazy busy at work. But kind of the thinking was, is, you know, how do I make some uh, amazing videos and amazing recipes for people to watch? Randy has helped out in a couple of videos. He's been a huge help. Uh, we had a little stint on Podcast Detroit, where we had a co-production with... Um, Hungry Dudes, we talked about cocktails and food, and that, that was fantastic. And uh, now I've kind of uh, settled into uh, uh, our Detroit, and I'm helping them with their, their digital, I'm help, help, helping them with their content creation, and doing just a little bit of cocktail creation for them on the side. You skipped your whole uh, public TV season. Was that on purpose? Was it? <laughs> what channel? <sighs> CMN TV, Cinnamon TV, as my co-host would say. Uh, Randy also helped uh, produce that. We did uh, 16 or so episodes on public TV, which um, I don't know how you'd clarify that. It was like one part Jeopardy, one part Double Dare, one part like Geraldo Rivera. I mean, it was a it was a mix of a lot of stuff. And then that culminated with our um, our award show, The Golden Jiggers, and uh, that was just a cluster of live production that uh, still haunts me today. Do those still exist? That's what I need to know. Yeah, they do. The audio doesn't. The video is just <laughs> fine, but the audio is garbage. Who's the producer? Randy? No, what, it explains everything. No, it's all of my Craigslist equipment that I'm all trying to jury rig together. That's the problem. <laughs> and we didn't have the ability to do it to a dry run the day before. It was day of setup. And yeah, so we got like kicked out of the main area. And we were like, so we, we did the Golden Jiggers, the, the second one at the top of the Detroit Shipping Company, which I'm, you're very familiar with. And when you shove like 400 people in that ring, it's very chaotic. Mm -hmm. We had our own separate bar, which we emptied like every drop of alcohol that was up there. I mean, it was a great audience. It was a, it was a great night, but it was just a, a lot of chaos from a production standpoint. So I need to ask you a question. When you go to a bar and they claim to be a craft cocktail bar, do you try to play stump the bartender or do you actually like just order on the menu? No, I, I, I have a, a lot of respect for hospitality and I don't, I don't want to be the, the asshole guy. I mean, certainly if they're up for some ribbing, I'll play along with them. But you know, if someone, if it's someone who's trying to better their game and trying to get better at bartending, I'm not going to be there to be like, Hey, that's not chartreuse. That's such and such, you know, I'm, I'm not here to play that game. You don't uh, have boysenberry schnapps. Or, you that's know. not an official, you know, Negroni. Uh, <laughs> no, I'd, I'd much rather, you know, there could be something that is delicious. Um, we actually just went to go check out um, a new-ish place, uh, Two Birds. And that was actually a reboot of... Destination 1905. Thank you. I couldn't remember the number. <laughs> um, Where is that? West Village. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of down the road from Sister Pie. The the menu reads really well. Like there are some really cool cocktails on there. It sounds good. Like the the wine menu is pretty great. The beer menu is pretty great. The cocktails I got, they were all free pour. They were very sweet. I think they had a lot of potential, but I think the bartender just didn't have as much experience as I wanted. And maybe just if they would have taken the time and measured them, I think the cocktails would have been better. But I just didn't have as great of experience as I probably could have. 
So I remember me, uh, I'm friends with the, the guy who was formerly the manager of BFD, Clubhouse BFD in Rochester Hills, and he just opened up his own shop in, uh, called Oat Soda in Lake Orion. And he's, he's, he's a phenomenal, he's a phenomenal guy. But like, I've been a beer drinker and I've never called myself a beer snob because I'll drink whatever's cold. Um, but this guy could pick apart beers that were rushed in the brewing process, sure. beers that were not properly like on a completely different level than me. Like, how do you like, and I'm sitting here going like, how do you even get that? Cause I'm drinking it going, man, eh, it just tastes like shit. But he's like going and going, this thing is, you know, this and that. How do, I guess, how do you get that kind of palate? Where you, do, do you just have to be born with it? Do you earn it? Do you like? There is a certain amount of genetics that go into it. They actually say that females have a much better palate as well. There's also kind of a, a designation between super tasters and regular tasters. You can actually buy a test, which I have upstairs that I haven't used yet, that'll talk. If you have a higher density of taste buds on your tongue, you are a super taster. So, what I've heard you can do is, you know, those little hole punch reinforcements, like very back in the day that you'd get for like putting on your hole punch. It's like a little sticky. You can put that on your tongue and you can count how many taste buds are there. And if you have a certain density, you know that you're likely a super taster. Um, but I think part of it is, is just going out and training your palate from smells and flavors, you know, like going to a market and just like smelling every fruit, every vegetable, every herb, and then remembering that. So like being able to remember mint is going to help you do tasting. Being but I remember to going to uh, Johnny, like a Johnny Walker tasting and they told you to put it under your tongue. And then they like brought out like eight flavors. And I'm like, I go, I just taste whiskey. And they're like going, you need to do this. And then and I'm like, yeah and i'm like trying to agree with them but like at the end of the day i was like it's just whiskey well there's um, two types of drinking you can just sit there and chug and enjoy and that's fine yeah but when you're really tasting it's it's thinking about it you're you're sitting in there you're you're smelling it you're trying to see what flavors are in there if if your mind goes on autopilot which is totally fine you can drink it and enjoy it and be done but when you're tasting it really is like an ap- academic thinking you're you're sitting there and analyzing those tastes yeah, see, that was the one. It, I don't know if it passed me by, you know, and, and I'm going to have the world's greatest um, show for food and drink because it's either I really like it or it's this sucks and there's no in between and I don't know why. It's just, you know, my favorite video that you ever did, though, I got to bring this up, is your, uh, I don't know if it was the your 40th birthday or how it, but you did a 40-ounce beer taste test. Yep. And when you got to the one, you absolutely like lost your mind. What was I don't even remember oh, which shit. which flavor which it was. Because I I used to work at a beer distributor, and we used to have one called Crazy Horse. I that didn't have that said, one. And if you held it up to the light, you could see chunks in it. So we used to always call it like hot dog chunks. Ooh. Um, and it was, but we we grew up drinking Mickey's and St. Ides. So like when you started doing it, I was like completely laughing because it was brought me back to like when I was seventeen. And then you oh. got to the last one. I'm like, I need to watch that. I need to go find this at the store. It was either Camo Forty. That was, was the very was, last one. It was Camo. Was yeah. It camo. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I I was trying to find forty of them. I went to about eight liquor stores to get the selection that I had. I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, thirteen, fourteen. I had fifteen. 
So I was trying to get up to 40. And even just taking sips of all these, I didn't feel that great after all that because the flavors no. are all over the place. <laughs> no, didn't feel good. And I was only drinking like an ounce of each of them. But like it was just it ran the gamut. And like as soon as you got to like the the ones that were like fortified, I mean like those were those were beasts. I've never seen camo anywhere. Like I don't even like have no idea that it that existed. It's like a dusty bottle. It probably was delisted twenty years ago in, in the back of some freezer. Do you ever watch the Tri Channel? Um, it's like Irish people try for the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had like a four loco show I watched this weekend, and they're just like sip hot garbage, and like each four loco was like this 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 nuclear green and this like blood red, like these the colors that they when you didn't need to do it because it's in a goddamn can, mm-hmm. like what is what are they trying to kill people? Say, I've never had a four loco four to this day drink it. I've never had one before. Like I've never drank a four loco to this day. I don't believe I, I have either. either. Well, that's your next video. Now that it's they took the caffeine out, right? Now it's just did they? Shitty. There was now caffeine in four loco. Yeah, it used to be caffeine. Why? It was caffeinated alcohol, right? Yeah, and it was like sixteen percent. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what I have upstairs a um uh. Malort coffee uh, can. So it's coffee that's been aged in a Malort barrel. And uh, I, I was, that's probably the next video I'm going to do. And uh, I'm, I'm geeked for it because Malort is such a... I don't like the flavor of Malort, but I appreciate the flavor of Malort. Like hey, how about you just take some tequila, swish it around in a ashtray, and then let's drink it. Num, 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 num. There's nothing good about Malort. There's nothing. Like... I've drank some bad, like I drank a shot of Schlievovitz this uh, weekend. In my opinion, is one of the it's probably the worst liquor ever to exist. It's Yugoslavian plum mm-hmm. grappa, and it's horrid. And they had it. Uh, they had a bottle at Fart and Jake's, and I had to do a shot just to convince the person I was with that it tasted like shit. Um, he's like, "Oh my god, that tastes awful!" You know, you have to. We have to try one. And then, of course, ugh. so um, Malort isn't the worst thing I've ever had. I was, well, at, I was that was my next question. What's yeah, the worst yeah, thing you ever had? I was at the Oakland, and um, Chaz had a, a friend from the Middle East uh, brought him back a bottle of fermented camel's milk, and Chaz was very nice to give me a little sample of it. And again, I appreciate Chaz. Chaz is amazing, but that was the the worst thing I've ever had. So, I like fermented it, milk, I've never even heard of, let alone camel. Well, I've never had camel's milk that's unfermented. But right. just all of that together, it was just a lot of flavor. Did and he like, mix it with something? Uh, no, we just drank it straight. Okay. And I just gave him mean, again, just gave me the teeny tiniest amount to taste. And it's just a lot. Like just a, oh, it's, it's, oh, oh. it's almost like the, like they always say the worst smelling tasting thing on the planet is like that Swedish fermented fish in the can. Um, not in the yeah, bathroom, like actually in the can. Sermstrumming. Is that yeah, that's I, how I, I, I remember that? Yeah, Surster, yeah. Um, and I'm the guy that buys my dad creamed herring and Limburger for every Christmas. I love um, herring, like oh, creamed herring, wine herring. Yeah. I'm all, all for it. Polka and Troy used to have pickled herring as an appetizer, and it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. my grandma grew up with I grew up with pickled herring and creamed herring in my grandma's fridge. I love it. Oh, yeah, every Christmas we have that. I don't like a felt fish. I never had that. I don't know what that is. 
it's very soft very very soft mm, sounds awful yeah so summertime we're all drinking seltzers are you cringing or are you partaking what's your uh well and i think this pairs up to moving away from that crazy high-end speakeasy bar moving into much more relaxed doing whatever you want whatever makes you happy you know if you want your just ice cold lawnmower beer go for it the the seltzers they're they're low calorie they're they're flavored they're they're whatever there's a certain set of people that it does great for. They make a ton of money for the brands. So it is what it is. I will partake in them. Can I've, a grown um, man drink a White Claw without being chastised like I have been for the last two, three years? I, I think so. I don't I think get, there's any, there's no difference between guy drinks and girl drinks. That's what I think. I ordered a White Claw, and I'm going to call them out, but they're awesome anyway, at Gus O'Connor's in Rochester. And he gave it to me with a flower accoutrement in, in, on the top of the can. And I, I'm like, you know what, buddy? And this was pre-COVID. You know, I think they're, I think they're all past it now. But in the early stages, when I was ordering this, and I'm like, because I got on a no sugar carb thing, and that was the only thing. And I hated vodka club yeah. or whatever club, so I drank these. I thought they were fine. Um, you know, that and a shot of whiskey. I'm like, all right, whatever. Drink what you drink. That's kind of how I've been. But like, yeah, I just, I get to, everywhere I go, I get destroyed when I drink those. I mean, I, I love, I love the can, can cocktails. I love having more and more of that. Um, I mean, they're arguably canned cocktails are these seltzers. Um, I love the to-go cocktails that we've we've had because of the pandemic. Uh, it's a little sad to see New York backing off on that. But luckily, Michigan signed a five-year deal. So we do have a couple more years to enjoy that. Aren't those like but, adult Capri Suns? Is that, uh, I mean, it's all sorts packaging. of packaging. I mean, yeah, they don't have to come in pouches. They no. were supposed to be packaged aluminum. You were supposed to be able to go and they would kind of make them right there for you. But they were very loose on enforcing that law. And I think they might have relaxed it some more. But you saw like cans, bottles, pouches, whatever. I mean, the creativity of Detroit is fantastic. Yeah, that's the one thing I never understood. Like the the walking between, like you can't just finish your drink at your bar. Like you, you know, like you why would you get one to go and then you go to another bar with a full drink? Like I don't know. I never saw the allure. And I, I get Vegas is because you got in New Orleans because you have all the stations and the it's just things to look at, but like Ferndale, do you have really things to look at? Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's a baby step because where I want to get is I want to be able to go in a park, grab a picnic and a bottle of wine and go like, enjoy that like normal adults. But right now that's criminalized. No, so yeah. can this, can this be that baby step? You know, can we be responsible enough to say that? Yes, we can handle cocktails outside of retail establishments at our house. Fingers crossed. There's I've a lot of rules that- around Ferndale. I've been to bars after midnight. No, we can't be responsible to do that. I'm just, just, just being, and you know what? I'm not going to lie. I really like the bars being open till 11 and closing. That was so good for, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, I started going out at seven being home at 11 and I didn't wake up feeling like shit and it was great. And you know, and now we're staying out till one, and we're you know four oh yeah which which ones are open till four? It's you if you have the permit, and it's only not many places have that permit. And I'm definitely not part of the crowd. Like if I make it to a bar closing, that's probably happened ten times in my life. That was the first time I drank Red Bull vodka. They had them in mason jars, and it was at a night. It was a techno club in Chicago, mm-hmm. and we were there till six in the morning. And I think I had twelve or thirteen of them. And we walked back to our 
you know motel or wherever we crap stayed and like slept till noon and drove home and again i try i even i I even think of like one o'clock at the bar now i'm asleep like would that happen in orlando like your boy's asleep you know it's one o'clock yeah i'm just you know i didn't realize nick that the the legislation passed that allowed bars to stay open until four in michigan yeah that was pre-covid i believe well i thought it was I, I was I, and I thought I thought they, they put it on pause. About it first time. Yeah, yeah, they paused it. Yeah, I didn't realize I, I it had passed. Didn't Not they do that? Just didn't they do that just for the casinos? They do a lot of crap just for the casinos. Which again, I, I'm sure there's a certain set that does it. If you think of people that are on like the night shift, if you think that you know people that have shifted schedules, I, I'm sure someone it's good for someone out there. It's just just not for me. There's a there was a bar I was in Grand Rapids this weekend, um, and there's a bar called Steel Cat and. You go there at five o'clock, rowdy as hell. You go there at eleven o'clock at night, rowdy as hell. Apparently, you go there at eight in the morning, and it's rowdy as hell. Like this place gets third shifters uh, and college kids. It's the only bar I've ever seen that does it properly because you know they're usually the third shift bars. College kids don't go to. Yeah, this brought it all together. I've never seen anything like it in my life, and I mean, it was the loudest bar. Randy would have hated it because you couldn't hear the ATI jukebox. Um, but it was literally the like the loudest bar just because of people talking that I've ever been to in my life that had music. And um, I think people don't understand like like Grand Rapids is great. There are some amazing bars over there. And my problem is when I was traveling for business, I would never stay overnight in Grand Rapids. So I rarely got to explore the bars there because I was always driving home. So I'm I'm really trying to make it a point kind of post-COVID now to go get out to some of those places. I mean, between the Tiki Bar, Bourbon One, all those fantastic places that are out there, I, I, I haven't had that time to thoroughly explore them like I should. And it's not that far away. No, there's a one, uh, the bar we went to that's across from his uh, apartment was called One Bourbon. One Bourbon, uh, yeah. That's, I still have been. It's been open for like three years. Great place. Yeah. Like, honest to God, great place. The food was, you know, the food soaks up the alcohol, but the drinks were great. Perfect. Um, they had an awesome selection. Like, yeah, it was cool owner. Like the whole place was nothing but great. Um, what's a, uh, a couple bars in town that uh, maybe fell under the radar that we don't know is a cool place to hit. Mm. Put me on the spot right there. I am totally putting you on the spot. Oh, what's well, a trash bar that's underrated. Then let's go that way. Oh God, I don't do this. I'm like much more of a, all right, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Give me, Talk amongst yourselves. Let me let me process a little bit. <laughs> so, tiki bars bad. And Randy likes tiki bars. I do. Um, I think they give you like. No, I think they give you like bars. a two and a half ounce of drink and like slurpy ice, and then two sips later, and it's gone, and they just charge you twelve dollars. That's in like because you drank out of a pig. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not. Speaking of tiki bars, the Lost River over on the east side got affected by the flood, so they're closed until at least January fifteenth. Their basement got just all their stuff was in the basement. It got destroyed. Yep, that sucks, man. Yeah, Um, for sure. My uh, one of my best friends' in laws lives over that way, and their house got destroyed. They have a gorgeous Gross Point house. Their whole basement was like really nice uh, press uh, the wood and all that. All trash, so bad. See, I haven't, I'm a pretty, like, I'm a simple man when it comes to bars. Like, you know, I go to the, I go to Duffy's and I go to Danny's in Ferndale and I go to, you know, I don't know. I, you know, if you have a Pabst and a Japanese whiskey, I'm, I'm a completely happy guy. Um, 
you know, but like I haven't been to any of the, I guess the scene bars in Detroit lately, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, Post pandemic. I, I haven't done a, a ton of exploring either. Like, you know, two birds is one of the, the newer bars to open. Where's the, I, where's that now? West village. Yeah. Where, oh, Kurt, Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. By, yeah. um, See now, if you you know, if I'm going to go be on Kerchival, I'm going to the Yield Tap Room. Uh, that place is not. We just went there not too long ago. Has not changed since I hung out there when I was 22. I think I've been in there once. Oh, uh, you need to go back. You yeah. need to go back. That was the original bar that had like 300 kinds of beers before craft beer was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they used to always have uh, trash cans for a dollar, which was all dented, like Mill Beast, like whatever the distributor gave them that were dented. They would sell them back for a buck, hmm. and it was so we would go there pre-post bar because the post was on Mac and Outer there, um, and just get trashed on bad lawnmower beer and dented. Um, but yeah, they got they have Rauch beer, which is one of my favorite beers. They have Santa Claus, which is this eighteen uh, percent Austrian Bach wow. that's hands down one of my favorite beers. Maybe it's sixteen, maybe it's fourteen. Um, percent, but it's one of it's my hands down one of my favorite beers that I've ever had in my life. Um, but it's called Sam Klaus, and it's brewed once a year by Austrian monks, and it actually ages. So if you have like a 2014 Sam Klaus, it's actually fine to drink. Um, but the uh, the act, I think it's E A E C H T Rauch beer. Yep, and yeah, yeah, like, that because that's an ice beer or it's frozen, right? No, 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 no. It's a smoked. It's a smoked beer. Okay. Um, it tastes like you just blended up barbecue and put it at barbecued brisket and stuck it in your dark beer. And it's so like now, if you ever want to go there and I'll take you through what, like the stuff that I, you know, that I'm sure. a fan of, like the old, like the German Austrian, like the heavy beers. Um, I'm a huge Bach fan. We do Bach beer fest at our German club and like we go nuts. I'm all that in. Stuff. So all um, right, I got three places. Okay. And my theme is S. Because they all S. happen to start with an S. Okay. Um, I would say one place that I think stays under the radar, it's a little pricey, but the reason why I like it is I love Amaro's. And one of the best Amaro selections in Metro Detroit is She-Wolf. What's like, Amaro? What's Amaro's? Amaro's an Italian liqueur. So it's typically a before dinner drink, but they also have after dinner drinks as well. And the, I mean, they're, they make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. We don't get a ton of them in the state. But She-Wolf does a very good job of getting the ones that we do have. They might okay. have some that are unlisted, but they would never tell you if they were. Okay. Um, another new-ish place that opened during the pandemic is Shelby. Are you guys familiar with that? No. Randy's heard of it. Yep. So um, there is a coffee bar that is in the financial district called Down Under Coffee. And this is an Australian uh, little coffee stop. It's like in a stairwell. It's super small. It's super adorable. But then there's a door around the corner, and this goes back to our speakeasy conversation. But at night, the Shelby opens up, and it's an old bank vault. So they're, they're brand new. they got a really good selection. They've brought in some great people to do snacks and nibbles. Um, but then you can actually sit in the bank vault and drink, which is a fun experience. they got some great staff there. Desmond's uh, leading up the bar staff there and does a great job. Last one... They aren't super under the radar, but I I feel like they've rotated through a couple bartenders, so they don't get as much love as they should get. But I love Selden Standard. Um, the food there, I think, is always fresh. It's always on point. They have that beautiful, very bright bar you can sit in. 
they have a decent selection of Maros. They always have a, a great selection of really good spirits. Um, their cocktails tend to be very balanced, mixed well, refreshing. Um, and then they have a dusty bottle list as well, which is not spirits, but wine and beer. And there are some great stuff that's on there. See, my favorite dusty bottle list was always at Mr. Steve's place next to, uh, next to, um, oh my God, what's the damn music venue uh, down in downtown? Uh, Mr. Steve was like a 90-year-old Greek guy um, that it, every time he ordered a can of Pabst, uh, St. Andrew's Hall, and oh, it was okay. right next door. It's the elephant room now. Um, but he'd, like, he'd always say, you boys want a schnapps? And he'd always grab whatever bottle like had a, like a 1978 tag on it and just like he'd pour out slow gin or whatever shit he could, you know, trying to get rid of. Um, that was one of my, my favorite places of all time. The door would always be locked. He'd open it up. He'd look. It's kind of like the original speakeasy with his head windows, and you could look in. But he would like look out and see if anybody was with you. And he goes, "Oh, you boys, okay?" And he'd let you in. And then he was like, he'd get all excited, like you guys want a schnapps, and he'd pour a shot for free, and in in, in like the one ounce grandpa shot glasses. Um, oh, you've never spent time at Mister Steve's? Mm-mm. Oh my God, we I gotta tell story. I got stories for weeks on that. We gotta get together sometime. Well, we need um, to do like our barrel crawl, and maybe that's our video. Yes, you, but you, no. you pick a bar, I pick a bar, and we go back and forth until we can't move. No, see, I'm going to pick like the diviest bar in town. I'm fine like, with that. I went to a bar um, that I've never been to. I've driven by it ten thousand times. It's Tommy's Sports Bar on on Woodward, just north of Nine Mile. Okay. It's on the right. It's got the red awning that's been there since the seventies. Um, they had Bush on tap, and that's the only bar I worked for. I worked for Budweiser in college. And I've been going to bars all around town my whole life. That's the only one that had Bush regular on tap. Huh. And he says he goes through a keg a week because this one, the softball team comes in. They love it. So, like, I had a couple pints and not it tastes like, you know, crap beer. Um, it's going to yeah, remind me of beer pong. That's exactly what that'll remind me of. Bush? Yeah. So when, I worked at, beer. when I worked at Budweiser, I tried to increase my Bush sales. So I made signs for all my stores going, forget the mountains, head for the Bush. And uh, yeah, I almost got fired for that one. Um, but you know, sales did go up. It, you know, got a lot of people <laughs> laughing. I know. Um, so you brought up like since we've talked, I'm gonna we'll end on this. Like bottles of liquor, I've never heard of. Like the I don't even I can't even tell you what you just said a minute ago. Like Amaro or whatever. What's something like? And we brought up Aquavit that you know Randy got for me. And I always talk about Baron Jaeger that no one knows. And then we talked about that aloe liqueur. Like, what's something that everyone needs to try, period, um, that's not in their vernacular? Um, what about apple brandies? I've never even – what's an apple brandy? So I'm a big fan of Watersheds. Watershed makes this great brandy. I, I actually was doing my own little mini brandy flight right here. But um, – Anytime you are making a distillation with fruit, it is a brandy. So when you make a grape distillate, that is brandy. That's why so I drink. Brandy. I drink Asbach, uh, the German grape brandy. There you go. It's one of my favorites. That's brandy. So yeah. apple brandy, pear brandy, uh, you know, any any fruit would end up becoming a brandy. But what's great is we're now starting to get more of them into our um, area. Copper and Kings, which is uh, out in um, uh, Louisville, they got a couple great bottles. I was lucky enough to get this one. I'm trying to. It looks, like wine. It looks like wine. Yeah, it's in a wine bottle, but they're they're nice. They're aged. If you like bourbon and you're trying to expand a little bit, 
Um, brandies are great. Uh, a lot of the ones that we used to get were like Applejack and Laird's and all that. And those are kind of rough. But now we're starting to get some really fancy ones. And if you really want to go crazy, you can jump into the ones that are from uh, France. And those are Calvados. And those are really nice and really elite. And you are starting to talk like cognac flavors and, you know, just beautiful sippers. Meat on the rocks. You can, do, you can totally do these on the rocks. Yeah, you can. I mean, this guy you can mix with. You're going to find this in a lot of places around Metro Detroit. These guys are actually out of Columbus, but um, they're, they have a great fan base here. They make amazing product, and um, it mixes really, really well. Wow. But, hey, Nick, we're going to cut you loose. I uh, can't appreciate your time enough. Uh, look forward to uh, – we got we got to plan a pub crawl sooner than later. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Nick Britsky, uh, nickdrinks.com if you want to find him online. Uh, this is going to wrap things up for episode 401 of the IT and the D Show. On behalf of uh, Bob and Randy, do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it. Bye.